Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Sarah. Amen! Sarah is an exhibit and graphic designer at PGAV Destinations. She also founded the company's first official green team, inspiring positive action in the face of overwhelming environmental issues. Hi, Sarah. Why would I introduce you like that? Why would I do that with your last name? This is. Can we talk about it? Absolutely. TEDx event, September Twelfth, mm-hmm. two thousand nineteen. Seems like a lifetime ago already. It does. I know. But here we were at the pageant doing our event, and I I was asking you, how do you say your last name? How do you say your last name? Because it's A M A N. I want to make sure I said it right. And you're like, well, like, amen, amen. And you're like, amen. And I was like, I'm going to introduce you like that. And you're like, my mom and dad will think that's hilarious. And my cousin. And that's what we did. And it worked. It did. It did work. They got a kick out of it. So tell me about your experience with us crazy TEDx kids. Oh, my goodness. Well, I have to start by saying that this is not something that I thought I would ever get into. I mean, I was like, oh, like TED Talk. Like, that's cool. But it was always something... That was outside of my sphere of experience. And so when it kind of fell into my lap to have this opportunity, I was pretty stoked. kind of fell into because you were doing awesome things. Let's just start that. It wasn't like, ah, hey, kid, you want a TEDx talk? (laughs) (laughs) To be clear. Well, I mean, because we were doing a leadership and communications class at our offices, and Thomas and Leah, who deserve the biggest of shout outs Uh, for being my facilitators, uh, they teach the class, and so so really, I say fall into my lap. But I had like you know a seven week audition without me knowing it <laughs> throughout this class. <laughs> do you like how we do that? Yes, we do that sometimes. Yeah. We audition people, and they don't have a clue we're actually right. doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so when they asked me, I was extremely surprised. But then I realized, like, oh, this is I'm actually pretty well prepared because I've been going through this course and improving speaking and leadership skills and. It was like, you know, this actually does make sense. It's Very just cool. unexpected. So what was your idea? What was your TEDx talk about? So the big focus around my TEDx talk is the power of individual action. Yes. Which is something that a lot of people undersell, I feel like, especially when we're faced with all these extremely overwhelming environmental issues. It's really, really easy to just totally shut down and be like, all right, well, what, what difference does it make if yeah, I use my grocery so bag or yes, whatever? Exactly. What's my one action going to do? And people, people get overwhelmed and they shut down. It is overwhelming. And so the, the idea behind my talk was I wanted to empower people and say, your actions do matter. And so I talked about that through the lens of my own experience as a uh, graphic and exhibit designer and how I've been able to use those skills and the skills of all the people around me to be able to make positive change, starting with individual action. Exactly. Well, and it's it's that ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm. One person doing something. Well, who knows who you're inspiring? Exactly. Right? And we talked about, I, in fact, I shared with you about my whole thing about going to London and all of a sudden mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to step up that green right. game of mine, you know? But it is interesting to me now that I'm, you know, dedicated to bringing my bags into wherever I'm at, you know, how I'm, I'm kind of the only person other than an Aldi's because you have to bring your bags into Aldi's, right? You know, it's only but, all be more like Aldi's. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, but you know, I mean, they got it going on. They're ahead of the game, and 
and so many other places you can go buy a tote there, but you actually have to remember to not only buy it, but then bring it yeah, back bring with it back. you yeah. wherever you're at. And and I have noticed that I'm kind of a loner out there right now in Hillsboro, Missouri, or, you know, or well in Fenton. I mean, I feel like I, those are places I shop a lot and there's not a lot of people. So I'm hoping by me with my my lovely reusable bags that <laughs> other people will start doing it. Nope, you never know who's going to see it and say, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. And if you've got cute reusable bags, then people are like, oh, where did you get Which those? Which I totally do. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. <laughs> of course, I have awesome ones. <laughs> but, you know, so so let's talk about that. I mean, just how has that translated into what you do with what you do at PGAV? About your, indi- mm-hmm. your you know, I'm the individual, I'm doing, da-da-da-da. <laughs> So I'm, I'm particularly well set up at PGAV to be able to, to really expand my ripple of impact. And through my work as a graphic and exhibit designer, which, first of all, maybe I should explain what that Let's is a little bit it, more. Because I love a lot of people PGAV, are. <laughs> and it, we, you guys do interesting, interesting things. So let's talk about what does that mean. Yeah, so graphic and exhibit designer is, when I tell people I do that, they're like, what? What, is, what does that mean exactly? What, what exhibits are you a part <laughs> right. of? right. And you think about all these places that you go to, like zoos and museums, aquariums, theme parks. Somebody's got to design all that stuff, right? right. That's a real job. Someone has to design roller coasters and make museum exhibits. And for my particular role, I've positioned myself in the conservation, education, cultural sector. So I work a lot with zoos, parks, aquariums, museums, all of these places that share this passion for sharing knowledge and inspiring change and sparking curiosity, which is all (laughs) stuff that I am very passionate about. And so I use my design skills to do everything from create really high level master plans for institutions, all the way to designing individual exhibits or writing graphic panels. So all about that visitor experience and how do we take all of these awesome animal facts and turn it into an exhibit that creates an experience right. for a visitor that, right. that they'll walk away remembering something about that experience, whether it's a fact or and a feeling. And that's got to be a, I mean, so back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, when, you know, when I was a kid and, and a lot of the museums you went to, they weren't as interactive. It was like... There is a lion, right. a stuffed lion. Right, you stand in front a of a case with your it. hands behind your back. You know, and you're like, hey, and it's look really at it. interesting, right? And now I love how it's so interactive. Mm-hmm. Have you been a part of a project that you were just like, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. This is so awesome. You have to go visit it. Well, Tell funny us. you should bring that up. <laughs> you might have heard of this little thing called the St. Louis Aquarium. I have heard of it. Yes, now, maybe, of course. Maybe, I know. maybe I'm whispers of it. So excited about it! It's. Let me tell you, I can personally guarantee that it's going to be a really cool experience. I am fortunate enough to be part of that extensive team working on the aquarium, working on the Union Station grounds, and the Aquarium Foundation, the Conservation Education Center. Very cool. So it's opening, I believe, in early December. So. Really? Check back then. Seriously? Alarmingly fast. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't realize it was coming up like that. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. 
took a tour of the site a couple days ago and it's really coming together. It's going to be cool. Oh my gosh. Can you give us any insight? I can get, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to spoil it, but but I can, I can give you some insights. Give us a little something to intrigue (laughs) us. Well, there's going to be fish. Oh, thank goodness. There's going to be water. (laughs) (laughs) That makes so much sense. (laughs) No, I can tell you a little bit more than that. So one of, one of the big interesting challenges about the St. Louis Aquarium is that it's in a historic train shed. Right. Right? So Union Station has gone through these ups and downs throughout its history. It started off as a big, beautiful kind of center of activity during the train boom, and then it went into decline, and it was abandoned for a long time, And, and then it started to come back up with the hotel and the mall and the restaurants and revitalizing it in a different way. Right. Well, the mall ended up closing... Uh, that was before I moved to St. Louis. I can't remember when that was. And the next big idea for it was an aquarium. Because an aquarium and a train station, that makes perfect sense, totally, right? I get it. <laughs> Travel. Immediate. Trains. Trains fish. fish. Yes. It's so, yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's a really interesting challenge, not only from an architecture perspective, because, you know, you have, we have to work with the historical society to make sure we're preserving the integrity of the space. Right. But also from a storytelling perspective, because at PGAV, ultimately, we're storytellers. Yeah. Right? Right. So how do we, how do we tie in these two very seemingly disparate things of aquaria and trains. And I think we did a pretty good job Ooh. of pulling it together. I don't want to, again, I don't want to give anything to, away. But I like the thought of that. So but there's some interesting parallels, and we've created some really cool experiences that visitors are going to have. I like it. Is there a locomotive fish? <laughs> uh, I don't think there's a locomotive fish, but we do we do tie in the trains. Okay. The trains make an appearance. I like it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Sarah. All right, we are back with Sarah. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. And, hallelujah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about design as a tool for what? What was I going to say to make me sound really smart? For impact. For impact. Design is a tool for impact with Mish and Sarah. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> so tell us. Tell us about this. So something that I realized very early on in my life was that design is a really, really powerful tool for impact because we're surrounded by design every day, right? I mean, we have our acoustical design back here, which I enjoy. It's got like a a type tray vibe to it, which I'm digging. Um, every, Every aspect of our lives that we interact with is designed in some way, yes. whether it's a physical design, or it's experience design, it's you know a message, whatever it is, uh, those, those are things that we interact with every single day. And being able to use design as a way to change people's hearts and minds and, or, be, or just to plant a new idea or to spark curiosity is something that I love to do. Yeah, we love that as well at TEDx. That's yes. like the whole thing, right? Giving people a new way to look at mm-hmm. things. I Ideas love it. worth sharing. Exactly. So you do this via design in your everyday space. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, and I'm I'm fortunate enough to work for a company that allows me, that gives me the opportunity to do that. So I this was this was by design. You know, ever ever since I graduated from high school, I was like, okay, how can I Use the skills and the talents that I have, which was in art and design, mm-hmm. and channel that into supporting the causes that I care about. 
You were thinking about this in high school? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was a nerd. Oh my goodness. No wonder your mom and dad and cousin were like, yeah, she's awesome. We know it. She's been that way forever. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty, and this, doing the TED Talk really gave me an opportunity to reflect on that journey. And I realized, I'm like, wow, a lot of things just lined up so well to position me on this path. But you paid attention. Oh, yeah. I, you, gotta, you have to pick up on the clues. It's not, right. it's not enough to you just can't have just, like, the opportunities. It doesn't just happen. You got to take advantage of it. Yes. You have to know when the opportunity is there and what to do with that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and like take the opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Because th- there are people that miss them. Yep. So you were paying attention. Yep. And you got there. And PGAV, I mean, I love that company. When I grow up, I want to work there. Mike, <laughs> Mike Conzen, if you're listening, I would like to work for PJV someday. We also have free snacks now. So, oh, <laughs> really? Swing, swing by our offices anytime during I might happy have to hour have an and uh, meeting over give you there. an so office hi, tour. Just have a beer, hi, interview with somebody about something. <laughs> we'll set something up. All right, it's fine. Cool beans. I love it. But it, it, I love how uh, the approach of that business, which it really is to empower its people to, to think outside the box, as mm-hmm. we say, but be super creative and bring those experiences around the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys have done like all over. We, any, is there a country you haven't touched? Oh, I'm sure there's some, but uh, it's, Antarctica. Probably, it's, getting, it's getting to be a shorter and shorter list. Right, right. But it's it's very global mm-hmm. with what you Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Um, okay, so aquarium we've got. What else have you worked on that you just thought was way fun? So a lot of things I can't talk about in specifics. Okay. You know, that's a, it's all confidential, top ooh, secret. Ooh, spy work. <laughs> spy work ahead. Exactly. <laughs> but but I have, I've been very fortunate to be able to work on uh, a lot of zoo projects, which hold a special place in my heart. I worked at John Ball Zoo in Grand Rapids, Michigan for ah. a long time. That was the only job that I had like through high school and college. I never I never did the food service or retail gigs. I think I mowed lawns for a summer and I hated it. <laughs> wow, interesting though. So and I gotta say, my work at John Ball Zoo was one of was one of those opportunities that I saw and I took advantage of, and it totally shaped where I'm at today. And I still cool. I still have it, uh, folks there that I keep in touch with, and I still do little you know the odd illustration or something for them every oh, once in a while. Oh, how fun! So, did you get to like go be with animals? Oh yeah, yeah. Did you have a favorite? You know, so one of the things that I got to do. Uh, was be a guest program facilitator, a GPF. And part of that job was to take animals, am- our ambassador animals out and interact with people. Oh, cool. And one of my favorites was the possums. Oh. Because possums get a bad rap, but they're, they're so awesome. They're crazy cute in a weird way. In a they, homely kind of way, right? Well, yeah, like, but I, I like them. I mean, they're, they're just, I don't know. They're. I mean, and I know people are like, oh, they're big rats. I'm like, that, that's... Leave them alone. It's unfair. Rats are also sweet. They're so intelligent. Yeah. So quit going off again. It's bad rap. And they'll be here long after us. <laughs> right. <I feel>. <laughs> They've <laughs> got some stuff figured out. But so tell me about the possums. So the possum was a really fun one to take out because first of all, you know, possum they get pretty big. Right. Like how heavy is? I it? mean, the po- probably 
I mean, definitely the weight of a small dog. Yeah. Like, I mean, or a very fat cat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like 15, 20 Pro- pounds Probably. Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's a little sad. Possums don't live very long. In the wild, they only live like two years. Really? And in captivity, they probably live to be about five or six. I was not aware they had I, such a tiny yeah, little Yeah, such a short, span. well, one issue with possums in the wild is that... <laughs> Well, yes. their defense mechanism is to play dead, right? Yeah, which doesn't not super work effective on the against roadway. a car. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I know. But the possum that we have, of course, they're in captivity. They're very safe and they're very well fed. Sometimes too well fed. They get a little lazy sometimes. <laughs> I can't blame them. But as they get older, they go cross-eyed. <laughs> really? It's the cutest thing. I had no idea. It's well, it's adorable, and so they rely a lot on their sense of smell. So they're always snuffling. They're a little cross-eyed, and their their tail, which is prehensile, when you hold them, they kind of grab onto you for security. They'll, like, wrap their tail around your arm, Aww. and they'll hold on to you. And they're just, they're content, just snuffling around. But my favorite thing is the interactions with people that you get to have, because people are like, oh, my God, what is that, a giant rat? Oh. And then you have this opportunity to engage with people on a topic that... They had no idea they were going to talk about at the zoo that day. And you look at possums a lot different after and you, that. You absolutely, and you get a chance to pet them and feel how soft they are. See their tiny little hands, their little fingerless glove hands. They're Aww. so cute. And you have this chance to engage people in a conversation about an animal that they had all these misconceptions about. Right. Because possums are immune to rabies. They don't carry rabies. They are immune to Lyme disease, and they eat, like, thousands of ticks, so that's a good thing. Even types of snake venom they're immune to. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. Possums are kind of (laughs) badass. I had no idea, but I like that they eat ticks. Yeah, especially in Missouri. It's like like bats. You know, people are like, ew, bats. I'm like, bats eat mosquitoes. Right? I'm sorry, but mosquitoes, I just, you know, I... I have a hard time loving them. Yeah, that one I I can't even. I'm an animal lover, and I can't muster any. I'm not any like, oh, that mosquito's so mosquitoes. cute. No, I, I'm there. Like, please get away from me. You're gonna no. bite me, and I'm gonna get <laughs> it's itchy, and I just don't dig it. You know, exactly. But that is so fun. Well, what a cool experience though to have from young all the way through college. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, so then you go to college and you are already like knowing what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So that's unusual. Yeah, unusual <laughs> spot to be in for an 18 year old. <laughs> But what did you get your degree in? I mean, you obviously graphic design was mm-hmm. part of it, mm-hmm. but do you go get a degree in exhibit design or I did. Really? I did it. That's there I did exactly that. There is. Not very many places How <laughs> as I cool. found out. Yeah, so I have a, a bachelor's in graphic design and I went to school in Michigan where I'm from. And every <laughs> everything that I did, I tailored toward the causes that I cared about, right? Again, using design as that tool to contribute to things that I was passionate about. So my entire undergrad graphic design portfolio was like all animals. All. Gotcha, yeah. (laughs) Nobody was surprised. Uh, And then I worked for a year in between. I worked at Discovery Channel, which was a really cool experience. Cool. Out on the East Coast in Maryland. And then I went back to school and got my master's in, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Museum Exhibition Planning and Design. You can get this degree. That's a thing. That's very cool. Took me a few months to be able to rattle that off correctly when I first started. <laughs> what did you grab? Oh, I don't know. It's Museum too many things. Is it's a, it's a something. thing. <laughs> Letters. I don't know. <laughs> well, I love it. That's very cool. Very cool, Miss Sarah. We are going to take another break, and we will be right back.
All right, Sarah, it's question time. All righty. Are you ready? Hit me. You are from Sparta, Michigan. Mm Mm-hmm. If I go to Sparta, what should I do? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you will not find Gerard Butler in a leather kilt, unfortunately. (laughs) There is no giant pit in the middle of town. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When I never made the connection between Sparta and and that movie. I mean, obviously, I'd seen the movie. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, Sparta. But I never really made a connection until I left Sparta and started telling people where I was from. They're like, oh my God, like like Sparta, like in, in Greece. And I was Did like, people really no. think that? Really? Okay. <laughs> they just they thought it was a lot cooler. Oh, like than, they had Coliseums it, yeah. and stuff in Sparta, like, Michigan. So cool. We had no idea. We have apples and cows, <laughs> which are also really great. Very things. awesome, yes. I gotta say, I really I loved growing up in a small town. I enjoyed it a lot. Good. We and if you go to Sparta, I think one of the most fun things now, they unfortunately started this after <laughs> I moved away, but they have a Harry Potter festival really? every summer. And it's gotten to be pretty big. And the Blandford Nature Center will come out and they'll bring owls and animals for people to. Oh, how fun. And they have like an informal Quidditch league now. And I'm like, oh my God, like why didn't this start Ooh, when I was when there? I was there. I would have totally <laughs> done this. Go. But have you gone? I haven't. It hasn't worked out yet. Oh my gosh! It's no, like a seven-hour drive to get back. So yeah, <laughs> I, have I to got pace you. my get pace my visits. Unfortunately, but I gotcha. But I had no idea. That's kind of cool. It's All fun. Right. Harry Potter. Every mm-hmm. year, what what when does it take place? Oh gosh, I think it's in June. Okay, sometime summertime. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. All right. we'll, in Michigan we'll, summer, it's we'll delightful. We'll road trip there, and we'll take some snacks from PGAV for the road. See, it's, I've got it all planned. Just ask me. <laughs> so you talked about the Discovery, mm-hmm. about, about working at Discovery, mm-hmm. and that was going to be one of my questions because I want to know more about this. <laughs> I mean, I know it was a year, but come on. What did you do? It, it was pretty great. So I got a, I got the, there's a little bit of buildup to me working at Discovery okay. that I have to go into. Let's it's, do it. You know, talking about how how things in my life have lined up so well to kind of set me on this path. This is one of those things. So as an undergrad graphic designer, we have to do a summer internship, right? Okay. And of course, I'm looking for places that, you know, are are working towards the same causes that, that I want to work towards. So I had an internship with a nonprofit in Silver Spring, Maryland that dealt with ocean conservation. And I was very excited about it. Very cool. And I had been applying for some other stuff, of course, because that's that's how you do it. You just apply, you you do a scatter shot, and then see who calls you back, right? Right. And that internship fell through at the last minute, and I was like, "Crap!" Like I had Damn my it. housing lined up, I had everything lined up. Right. I had to email the folks at the Airbnb that I was going to be at for the summer and say, "Hey, like I'm really sorry this fell through. I'm I don't know if I'm going to be in this area or not." I didn't hear back from them, which I thought was weird, and then. Literally on the last day that they were accepting applications, my mom was like, Discovery Channel's doing an internship. Like, you should apply for that. And I was like, there's no way. I mean, like, thousands of people apply for that internship. But I was like, what have I got to lose, right? Because you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's exactly it. So last, last day, they're accepting applications. I did the little video interview. And I sent it off. And I was like, well, great. Maybe I'll hear from them. Maybe I won't. I have some other... Have some other... Uh, pies in the oven and uh, I hear back from them and I end up getting the internship oh my I, gosh I don't, how exciting I don't remember what the exact numbers were but 
you know, they they accept like a hundred interns and they get like you know forty thousand oh, applications or something like that. Yeah. So, and then it turned out the folks who had my Airbnb never got my emails saying that I wanted to cancel. Oh, universe so, is working right, with you there. Right. So I ended up staying you in the don't same really place. I was let in, this go. Yeah, That's I was staying cool. in the same city. I had an amazing time. When the internship, I got to dress up as a shark, by the way, during my internship for Which Shark Week. Which might come in handy for our upcoming exhibit here in St. Louis. Exactly. <laughs> I, I've, I've been a shark, all right? <laughs> I I've have done mascot experience. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the internship, they were like, we want to bring you back when you graduate. So I, I ended up working at Discovery for a year as a graphic How designer. cool. And it's not just Discovery, so it's also Animal Planet and TLC. Right, and that's like a whole thing. It's a whole suite of of networks, right? So I got to spend a really awesome year living out there and doing uh, marketing materials and campaign development and all kinds of cool stuff. Wow, I love it. It, it was a really neat place was to work. Was there a certain show that you were like, I did that? Like that you watch now and you're like, I did that. <laughs> so funnily enough, I, I didn't grow up with cable. I had never watched Discovery Channel really? when I applied for that internship. I had to Google what some of the shows were. Like, I had an idea. Right, right, right. Uh, and to this day, I've only seen, like, bits and pieces. <laughs> I'm just not a big TV watcher. But I did a lot of work on Naked and Afraid. And so this is the only job where I can send an email with the subject line saying, more naked pictures, please, and, like, not have it be an issue with HR. I bet your parents <laughs> totally were like, normal. she's working Discovery. Oh, it shows. Oh. <laughs> like, oh. You know, the, it's, I don't know, animals. <laughs> I worked on some animal shows, too. That was, that was great. Uh, but that one definitely sticks in my memory Naked, because well, yeah. <laughs> is it still around Naked and I think Afraid? So. Yeah. I just remember thinking like they didn't get any money for it. Like the people that went through it. It no. wasn't like you won a they million. They volunteered dollars. to be tortured. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I was like, what and also I just there's no way in hell I'd be running around naked. <laughs> In, bugs. In, You're going to get bug bites. You were would, never meant to get oh bug bites. Oh my gosh, the whole idea of it. I would just be afraid. It's a good title. Naked you would be and naked and you afraid. would be afraid. It's, they, they didn't stretch That's too exactly far. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> what is this show? Well, people are going to be scared shitless. So yeah. let's call it Naked yeah. and Afraid. But I, I, just, I just couldn't imagine signing up for it. <laughs> Some people just have that mindset. They want to push themselves to their absolute limits. And I say, good luck. To those people, mm, yeah. you have fun. I'm all for pushing <laughs> limits, but not being naked. No. That's just not. No, that's a limit gonna, I don't really need to push. Mm, out in the middle of in nowhere. In the middle of the woods. Plus, I mean, I think you kind of have to have a sense of direction to oh, do yeah, that show. And I don't have one of those. Well, without, they're all like survivor GPS, people, right? Yeah, no. They're all like experienced, like survival outdoors women and men and, mm, you know. No. And I'm not. I like comfort. <laughs> that's fair it's fair I, I really like comfort like camping even is oh uh, no thank you that's just discomfort to me so oh my gosh how funny um I will now I will think of you when I see that advertised great um, I just <laughs> think exactly what I want to be associated with so since you are <laughs> no, you were great. so green you're like the green person I'm trying right I'm trying. right we all are hopefully if you're not please start trying um but have you ever Let's talk about design. Have you ever seen trash or what people would consider trash used in a 
a way that you thought was interesting or artsy or oh, fantastic. Absolutely. Tell us. All the time. So give another shout out here to a local St. Louis organization called Perennial. I don't okay. know. Are you familiar? I am not. There's a lot of places called Perennial in St. Louis. It's okay. a little confusing. There's like there's a brewery, there's a composting service called Perennial. This Perennial uh, is a nonprofit that is dedicated to more sustainable lifestyles through upcycling. Okay. That's kind I of like their it. big shtick. I like it. And we they do a lot of really awesome stuff where they're taking all these materials that people are are think they're like this is useless. I don't need this anymore. This is, you know, a bunch of empty glass jars from, gotcha. from my fancy yogurt or whatever. <laughs> fancy yogurt. It comes in glass jars. Yeah. It does. It does. Fancy yogurt it does. does. <laughs> and so what do you do with all those glass jars? Well, they just happen to be the perfect size to make little planters. Or they're a really good size to make mini snow globes. Or they're, they're all these other things. Uh, I did a craft with Perennial where we took wine corks, we cut them up, and we made a cork board out of it. So I have a little ah. mini cork board at my desk so I can pin... Uh, you know, business cards and stuff too. I like it. And there's I'm and there's stuff at every single scale. There's DIY things that you can do, you know, on your kitchen table at home. Right. Uh, and there's like people take apart cars and rebuild them into tables and furniture. I mean, it is absolutely incredible what people can look at junk and say, I see something in that. I see potential. It is amazing. My mom has that. Yeah. I'm not kidding you, my mom, who is so amazing at interior decoration, okay? Um, she is the person that you go in her house, it's always changing, and I would see something cool and be like, oh my gosh, where'd you get that? And she literally be like, oh, I found it in the alley and I spray painted it gold. Oh, it's amazing what a coat of paint can do. <laughs> and, and I'm amazed what she's like found in the alley mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then turned it into something amazing. I yep. was like, I do not have that, but I love I love it when people show yeah. you. Yeah. Here's a different way of looking at something. Yep. And Perennial and it, can help you do that. They have classes. So they have classes. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So you can go to classes mm-hmm. and they'll be like. They have a retail shop as well. Start saving up your yogurt jars. Yeah, We're going to make exactly. this cool thing. Exactly. Or, oh, I love it. We had, a, we had a team at work who made an an item for their lost and found auction, which was, I think, Ooh. this past weekend. Okay. And so they, they get a bunch of design teams together and they challenge them to say, like this year, the object was a ladder. So every year it's a different object. And they say, hey, we have this old ladder. What are you going to make out of it? And so our team made a really cute wine rack out of the ladder and out of old belts. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, it was adorable. That's the coolest. And we're also doing a cool upcycling project at the aquarium. So bringing it back around to the local St. Louis Aquarium. In the Conservation and Education Center, which is the the nonprofit branch of the aquarium, the St. Okay. Louis Aquarium Foundation, has a free gallery space that is next to the aquarium, and you can go in. And you can learn all about water conservation and stewardship, and and all the actions that you can take to help protect our local waterways. Because that's what we do in St. Louis, right? right? We have to protect what we're what we're passionate about and what we're proud of, and that's right. that's the waterways. And we have actually partnered with an artist who is making a massive water bottle sculpture. So it's all post-consumer water bottles, all collected from local locations. And they have, I think they're shooting for about 5,000 plastic water bottles in this installation, in the space. It's going to be really cool. And it's all about the impact of those individual actions. 
Because globally, are you, are you ready for this statistic? I'm it's, gonna. Is it, it's gonna make me sad. It's gonna make you sad, but we're gonna bring it back around. Okay, we're gonna gotcha. bring it back All around. Right, we can start sad and go happy. So globally, about one million plastic bottles are purchased every single minute. Ouch. It might honestly, it might even be more than that. It's a very rough estimate. Uh, every every single minute, and those plastic water bottles, you use them once and you toss them. Yeah. Right. Right. So bringing it back around, think about the impact that you can have if you're an, a person who prefers to drink out of plastic water bottles. Think about the impact of that one action of getting a couple reusable bottles yeah. for yourself and yeah. how many water bottles you can save. Exactly. Like at PGAV, we st- a few several years ago, actually before I even got there, they stopped offering plastic water bottles and they gave everybody a branded reusable water bottle. And now we don't use disposable water bottles we barely use any disposable cups all the disposable Very stuff cool. we use is compostable and so it's it's all those it's it seems like a small action but that has impact no it can it can have especially a million a day no oh, not even a minute a minute. a minute wait a minute yeah oh my gosh it's even worse oh my gosh that's it's incredible crazy. all right and there's lots of places to buy cool cute mm-hmm reusable water bottles. Yep. So oh, they're everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you can get some really cute ones. Don't go crazy, though, because then again, you're buying like, okay, stop it with the water bottles that you're <laughs> right. buying, right? Like, right. Keep everything, it to a limit. everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. This has been awesome. This was fun. Thank you for Always coming a pleasure chatting today. with well, you. Well, yeah, and I was glad we got to catch up, and your TEDx talk will be coming out soon for the world to see. So oh, awesome exciting. sauce. I love it. Thank you, dear. Where can people find you other than PGAV? Can you have Instagram do anything else? Uh, I am on Instagram. Okay. At Sarah Amon Design. All right. I, uh, I don't, I'm pretty inconsistent about posting, but. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. But so I'm, am I. I'm trying to do I'm Inktober right now. So I have a few things up for Inktober. Inktober. Yeah. So it's a month of drawing to encourage people to draw. Every really? day there's a different prompt, and you're supposed to draw something in ink that relates to that prompt Inktober I love it it's fun thank you Sarah amen (laughs) and for mom and dad and cousin out there it was great to meet you at the TEDx event (laughs) thank you dear and everybody you have been listening to Mishmash Podcast go to iTunes subscribe love you all have awesome days bye bye